0: Of our end of the year cast spectacular, where you know what we do every year. We got lists of games and you talk about them. You you know you put them in a sequential order, going from ten to one. Y'all know how this goes. It goes something like that. Something. Hell like yeah. That. Whole lot of excitement. You gotta you gotta kind of manufacture a little <laughs> excitement. And, and I'm we... excited.
1: I mean, we have like 50 exclusive game reveals to announce tonight as well. That's yeah, what games rewards are all about. Yeah, that too. We got like some. And we have hits. like a, the new uh, four-hour Death Stranding trailer. Yeah, it's just a baby crying for four hours, and then in the ocean, and then
0: after that, and then it that, zooms out, and then it zooms out, and it's Norman Reedus <laughs> pooping in a baby's mouth. Oh God. Oh, God. <laughs> Was that too Uh, far? Sorry, the baby
1: baby disappears before anything, really. Yeah, the
0: poop doesn't... There is no poop-to-baby-mouth contact. (laughs) It it even says that at the start of the trailer, that there is no (laughs) poop-to-baby-mouth contact. Well, okay, I think we're
1: loosened up now.
0: So, apologies if I sound shitty this entire episode, or, or these entire run of episodes, because... Just getting over being kind of sick, and I don't know how long my voice is going to hold out, and I feel like kind of crap, but we're going to push through this. we got to manufacture some happiness at the end of the year, because this year sucked.
1: I feel like we say that every year. Yeah, Since but 2000... it kind of
0: feels like 2017 was, I don't know, extra malicious
2: in a lot of ways.
0: Mm.
2: I, I wonder why. Just... I think it's cuz we felt like 2016 was going to be the shitty year and then it just
1: oh, it kept on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a sequel. The yeah, we're just year. kind of
0: like this is maybe this is the dark middle chapter in a trilogy that we're in and next year like we're going to we're finally going to see the light. I don't know. Don't hold out hope for that. <laughs> yeah. To my immediate virtual right, he's got your Christmas package right here. <laughs> it's Rhett. I'm jingling some balls. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> good follow-up. Yeah, I told myself I wasn't going to talk about your dick for these episodes, and I've already <laughs> failed spectacularly. But that's okay. I yeah. think people people come to expect that. That's I think, what by
1: now. This podcast is about. Really, it's when what we're break, really all when here really for. Break down.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to my media virtual left, don't have a box, new. It's John Thayer. Hi. How's it going?
2: I miss y'all.
0: It's been a while. I know. When was nice. when was episode seventy three? Because we don't do <laughs> these. We don't do these on the regular anymore. We're fucking retired. You retired. <laughs> I wanted to do more. <laughs> yeah. Well, well
2: I'm glad, I'm just glad to be here. Merry
0: Christmas. Then merry merry Christmas. Even though like That's this is this is actually face. the day after Jesus's birthday, so we can't legally say that anymore. Because that's, that's when these run of episodes are going to be going up. They're starting on the twenty-six, so legally it is won't. It still be. Pardon?
1: Yeah. Is it, is it, is it still, is it
0: still candles? candles? Oh my god! This connection sounds so good tonight. <laughs> oh, oh dear. You sound clear except for just that. Anyway, um, so yeah, that's kind of the thing. We're going to do the thing where we we got we're going to be counting down games ten to six today, and we're going to be plowing through. I don't know, what, 10 or 11 listener lists? Yep. All, all oh, the yeah. while. It's gonna, it's gonna be a good time, so gather ye, gather all your friends, gather your entire family around. You've already had your, your Christmas dinner. We've already lost one of the callers
2: in
1: our no, <laughs> oh, okay. he, he, he's, he's back. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, no, I,
2: I clicked it accidentally. That okay. Was not all oh, jeez.
1: Right. <laughs> I was ready for this scary? thing to go
0: completely
2: tits up. it's like one spot on the screen not to click and i clicked it on accident
1: oh okay so john
2: yeah
1: Yeah? what's your number 10 game
2: okay i put my list together like last year i kind of kept tweaking it until like the day the hour of and it Mm. felt and like that was cool but i this time i got like something kind of set in stone like three weeks ago, so I've been able to just ruminate on it and feel really happy with it, which is cool. Cool. Um, My number 10 is a game called Wirewood Daughters. Um, It's an itch game for free um, by Rook. Um, It's basically... I think it's an RPG Maker thing um, with all original art. um, And it's just a weird ambient art thing where... You're wandering around a forest maze, listening to quiet, vague narration, and occasionally getting chased by a shadow, and it's the kind of thing that could just be, like, total fucking garbage really easy. like, when you described it, I thought, wow, this sounds like <laughs> hot fucking garbage. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think it, there's, like, not a lot of moving pieces, but, like... That um, it builds up to this quiet, very quiet and sad, um, subtle catharsis mm-hmm. at the end when you realize what the shadow is, who the shadow is, and it's, it's also really gay. Um, oh. Yeah. That's a um, plus. Yeah, it's always a plus. <laughs> yeah, it's basically about two... Uh, it's the narration is a girl remembering her like childhood friend and thinking back about that and basically it the way the way that it arrives at kind of a complex idea with very few moving parts was really interesting to me and I really appreciated that like it goes it it has kind of a droning quality because it's like 30 to 40 minutes long Um, but like that it expressed something really that kind of got to me in this extremely quiet way, made it kind of stick. I played it like seven or eight months ago, and it's just stuck in my head all year. So I really appreciated Wirewood Daughters.
0: I find that with a lot of itch games like that, you can tend to play and forget and really never come back to them. So, I mean, you know, that it stuck with you for as long as it did kind of gets the
2: point across, I think. that I wanted to put it on this list.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So I guess we'll move who's on. Who's next? Yeah, who's next? Rhett, next you're, to, you're number 10. My number 10 is uh a game I'm sure both of you I'm pre- actually I'm literally sure both of you are familiar with. It's uh Momodora: Reverie Under the Moonlight. Hey, Aww. that game that game was pretty good. Okay, that, ga- that game's really good. It's just yeah. this really tight kind of Dark Souls evoking Metroidvania. I know. Oh, the yeah. worst words. Good <laughs> fucking I, 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 God! The, the worst
0: combination of <laughs> fucking words and that's... Oh my
1: God. Did you consciously string those together? I realized as soon as I was saying it that I was walking off the cliff. We cannot have a podcast anymore. That's it. We are now part of the fucking problem. Okay, but here's the thing about when everyone says Dark Souls in all their criticism, like, "Oh, Cuphead, it's like Dark Souls." They use it as a word meaning hard, right? And when I'm using it to describe Momodora, it's more the atmosphere of Momodora the game.
0: Momodora actively channels Dark Souls in a lot of ways. Yeah.
1: It's and like obviously it is, you know, an exploration-based platformer, but there's something about it that makes it feel more like Dark Souls than a lot of the other ones. Cuz it's hard. It's like, it's not even that no, hard, I really. I mean, and, like, the way the bosses are structured and, like, kind of the whole main goal of, like, being open-ended and trying to get the four things is Dark Souls-ish, I guess. Yeah. And, like, the movement feels really good. That's the other thing. Is like, the way that your combo has a little bit of weight to it, which is super rare in 2D platformers these days. Yeah, yeah. Like, you really kind of commit to swings. Yep. And that air dash feels so, so fucking good. good. Yeah. Yeah, i really like that game like my biggest complaint is that i just wish there was more of it because once i finished it i just immediately started it again on hard yeah and then like the difficulty by the end on both difficulties was just kind of the same it's weird it's like oh yeah if you're good you're just not getting hit at this point so the yeah, difficulty it's, stops it's, mattering it's,
0: the 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 patterns aren't really all that yeah. complicated even when you advance mm-hmm. difficulties
1: yeah but like those first couple hours of that game when you first reach the city is like so good. Yeah. Like I didn't want that game to be longer. I think
0: that that's you know, I said mm-hmm. it last year during Game of the Year in that um I feel that that game makes the most of its map space because there's not a wasted room in there. Yeah, it's it's, just, vi- it's
1: very tight yeah. for sure.
2: I think it's like I finished that game and like kind of had a a little bit of a that's it feeling. And then the longer it's been since I played it, the kind of more space in my heart it has. Like it's just oh. kind of grown and grown for me since playing it. It's, that's nice. it's, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's kind of perfect in a way that's really unassuming. So you don't really realize. I, I didn't really realize how good it was until I mm-hmm. kind of had some time to stew on it a bit. And sometimes games work that way. where You got
0: to get some time between yourself and actually mm-hmm. playing it to kind yeah. of have everything click.
2: Mm-hmm. This is one of the ones I was considering for my list and didn't put on it ultimately, but I really, really liked it. So, cool. yeah. Sockscast approved.
1: Very indeed, much so. indeed. Rhett. so. So next, next up, we have some user lists. I'm going to bang through the first three because they're really short. This first one comes in from Taylor. What up, Taylor? Number uh, Taylor. one. I'm just going to read these all as they're written. Some people do 3, 2, 1. Some people do 1, 2, 3. Some yeah. people don't number at all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, so Taylor's number one, Persona 5, It Was Worth the Wait. Oh. Number two, Near Automata. Yeah, it's pretty good, I guess. Listen to the host list for more. Yeah. <laughs> Assuming that game might be that showing up. That game might show up. More. I don't know, though. I don't know. It's a, It's kind
0: of a dark horse if it shows up again, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Number three, Dragon Ball Fusions, a nifty little Dragon Ball RPG that only occasionally succumbs to being a grind fest.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember Taylor talking about that one. It yeah,
1: cool. I remember playing that a lot. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. The next list comes in from Tengu Gemini. Number three, Super Mario Odyssey, the best three D Mario game with amazing movement options.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: I want to play that. That seems so good. Yep. Yeah, the roll. Just just everything about the movement in that game. Everything about the movement
0: in that game is so slick. The only thing that really bugs me about it is like every two seconds you get a moon.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you took thirteen steps, you got a moon. There's like nine (laughs) hundred. You turned the camera 180 degrees. You got a moon. (laughs) Anyways, number two, Ease Eight, Lacrimosa of Dana, the best ease game. Amazing music. And a moderately shoddy translation, but not that bad. Very, <laughs> I, eager, to uh, very Valtel, eager to play this. Very eager to play this. Seem to disagree about the translation, though. <laughs> Next and one. number one. Oh, weird! This game came back around already. Uh, number one, near Automata, all caps. Holy shit balls! I love this game. Damn. Also, one of the best soundtracks ever. Yep, that's that fucking soundtrack. God. <sighs> uh, it... Whew. And for our third user list, it's Ashley. Yo, it's Ashley. She wrote a "gay of the year" though. For okay. Some well, uh, well, I guess that makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, number three, Detention, a wonderful little indie psychological horror game that's entirely puzzle and exploration based. <laughs> wonderful story where almost every aspect of the game has a deeper meaning. Yeah, she was. What creaming was the name of the game again? Detention. Uh, detention. Yeah. Yeah, okay, she
0: was creaming cool. her pants over that game all year. Cool. cool.
1: Okay, I didn't do this on purpose. Number two. Oh my god. Jesus, three in a row. I didn't do it on purpose. Yoko Taro is fucking insane and with each with each new game he releases, I love him e- even more. Nine S desperately needs a hug. Please, can somebody give our good boy a hug? <laughs> However, that was Ashley's number two. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know what her number one is. i You dead. know what her number one is going to be. Number yeah. one is Tales, Tales of, of Berseria. Berseria. Yeah. yeah. It so, made me cry a lot, and I love the characters. And for, then gigantic crying emoji. For it,
0: for that it, game for, to top Near Automata for her is yeah, kind
1: but, of incredible. The next sentence says it dethroned Shadow Hearts as my favorite game of all time. Damn! She really likes that game That game
0: did some devastation Yeah I've played a bit of that game and I like it so far So I need to get to that
1: Only a couple hours in
0: Yeah I'm about six or so And it's definitely like a a solid Character driven game Like the story itself seems pretty plain But you're more drawn to like The relationships between the characters And the way those play out Seems to be how that one's going to play out
1: Cool. And she mad at the start. Oh yeah. She very Velvet mad. Velvet. Velvet very mad. Velvet is mad. So, so, John. Yeah? You got a number nine for me? I'm assuming Holly do. doesn't have a ten.
0: Yeah, I don't have a ten because I didn't play a lot of games this year, so Yeah, okay. Cool.
2: Uh my number nine is Faroon Two. Oh, cool yep it's a it's a game by Skipmore. they started off making fair rune for the iphone which or they made a couple a lot of games before that but fair rune was kind of the breakout one um it's free on phones and i love it it's it's basically like what if hide light was even better um, you mean what if hide
0: light just... was good first and then you made a good hide light game and then they <laughs> made this
2: well what if hide light was even better um, Dude, if, so you, if, you if you take highlight, if you take which is a piece improve, of crap, make it even better. If you make, make a it piece, better than it is, okay. If you take a
0: turd, and you upgrade that turd, you've you still got it. a turd.
2: Let's take highlight out of the you, equation. What, but what if you keep making the turd better and better and better and better? It's I'm not saying that Highlight's the turd. turd, I'm just saying that we're both... <laughs> this isn't the lock
0: socks thing where you keep replacing pieces of the sock and wonder if it's the same sock in the end. It's still a turd!
2: <laughs> what? <laughs> lock sock thing? What? Look it up. <laughs> All right, I'll look it up. Um, so, Fa- Faerun two, Faerun 1 is really lovely. It's like a two to three hour long little Id- it's barely an RPG. The combat is just there as kind of like because it's cute and feels good. You just bump into enemies that are at level and then they die and then you level up after you kill enough of them. And it's just kind of a small part of the game that's cute. Uh, the main thrust of it is just paying really close attention to your surroundings and solving little environmental puzzles. Mm. Um, and it's really good at that. And it it just has this really nice pacing and game design to it that I really like. Um, and then Pharaoh 2 is just basic, it's basically just Pharaoh 1, but even, but bigger, which is kind of, which is, I could see people thinking is lame. That can be um, a little dangerous. That can be dangerous. Yeah, but then they actually do, like, add to the story in a couple meaningful ways that expand it in a really cool way. Um, and both of them have little interface mindfucks at the very end, which I, which I quite like. Interface um, mindfucks?
0: Who likes those? I do. Yeah, I think interface these... mindfucks are like socks cast approved at this point.
1: Oh, that's so many games right now. Yep, yeah.
2: So they're just so both Far One, and and Two. Um, they're just concise, bullshit-free little adventures. Um, they're basically warm hugs you can carry in your pocket, and I really like them both. They should get really you to
0: write the copy for. They should. They should let. You, <laughs> yeah, they should take that quote and put it on the fucking app store. <laughs> Better yeah, than I Little warm hugs
2: you can carry around in your pocket. John Tyre. Yeah. They got a game. Cast. They have a game out for the Switch um comico that I'm really excited to play when I get a Switch. Dude, that looks um, good. It has it has an attack button, which is new a new their new exterior like I don't care about most people having an attack button, but what is Skipmore gonna do when they have an attack button? I'm excited. What if there was a dive button and a kick button? <laughs> Well, then you'd have the only good game ever. The
0: only good fighting game
1: to ever exist. hmm The purest what? of all fighting games. Yes. What's your number nine? So, this was the tenth game to get added to my list, because originally I wrote the list and it had nine entries, and I was like, okay, I'll keep that last slot open, because I play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. So this was the mm-hmm. game that kind of narrowly made it in, and then I bumped it over <laughs> Mahomodora. I know what it is. Uh, Can I guess? So No, because you're going to be wrong, unfortunately. Oh, Really? Okay, for, we'll see. For this century, though, there were lots of games competing for it, but I wanted to kind of celebrate originality. Mm-hmm. And there were two games I played recently, Sonic Mania and Dark Souls 3, mm-hmm. that both felt like... They're both so treading on the same their worn entries. So I was just like, I, I can't really give a slot to either of those. So Okay, I thought it was going to be Dark Souls 3. Oh. <laughs> uh, my number nine... Is a game that definitely evokes the past, but doesn't like literally copy it, and that is a hat in time. Okay, Aww. that's fair. That's fair. It is just this really fun original 3D platformer, and boy, we don't get a lot of those. No. And the and, and it's you know, really cute. And it's it's hecka cute. <laughs> they they use the word heck hecka in like all yes the yes. Press release. It's like it's heckin cute. <laughs> Oh my goodness, yes. And this game probably made me laugh more than, like, anything else I played this year. Like, it's just, the writing's actually really sharp and funny. Yeah, I I played
0: about four hours of it. I didn't finish it. Like, I got got what I felt I Mm. needed to out of it.
1: But, yeah, I I completely agree. That that second boss fight is probably my favorite part. It's so
0: good, the boss fights in the game. The boss fights
1: are, like, shockingly good, and, like, the music is also really good. Yeah. Especially during the boss fights, like that whole jazz sequence like with the second boss is like god you know, it's, it's mind blowing it's real good the last boss is just utter insanity <laughs> so yeah that game's really cute and good and that's it yeah excellent gonna you want to throw um, it to poly. me now? you want to throw it to me now yeah, thank poly. you thank you what's Sorry. your number 9
0: so my number 9 is a game that i look at and go why do you have to fucking be here God damn it. And then I thought about it, it was like I played it so much that there's no fucking way I can't put it here because in the end I ended up having Stockholm syndrome with the goddamn game. Oh,
1: I know what this is.
0: So and this is a game that I have reviewed in the past very harshly. Um oh. so to have to come back all these years later. And look at a Game of the Year list and say, fucking Bad Dudes is on my Game of the Year list for NES? It <laughs> kind of makes me really fucking mad. Um, I, I ended up picking this game up accidentally as a speedrun uh, because I got mad that Super C was not cooperating. The and it was Contra just like... Contra games don't
1: cooperate. Yeah, they Con- don't care. Contra
0: games don't cooperate. They... They're just going to give you what you're going to get, and you're just going to take it and be like, okay, Contra, yes, I got it, fine. Um, but yeah, I ended up picking up Bad Dudes as a speedrun accidentally, and I am currently the number two runner of that game <laughs> on speedrun.com. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. How was that first one so far ahead, though? No offense. He's
0: he's like very good at lag reduction, and I've um... got to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm probably going to go back to it after the new year. But <laughs> uh, I guess another reason I'm going to go ahead and put this here is because it actually was the first speed run I ever did for a charity marathon. Uh, at oh, the, that's really nice. the first that of December, so cool. actually, uh, and uh, despite me thinking it was going to be a complete and total train wreck, I ended up having a really great run, um, and it was it was a lot of fun to do and. Of all the fucking games, it had to be fucking Bad Dudes, <laughs> a game that I have trashed so bad in the past, and now it's just like, oh no, here, give me that controller. I'm real fucking good at it.
1: I hate That's that game really so spe- much. <laughs> you hate that
0: game.
1: But it's a game that is playable. Like you can kind of, I can I be can consistent make it, to a point. I can sure. make it. I can make it seem playable. I can make it It. seem like somebody could pick that (laughs) game up and play it, but then you pick it up and try to play it yourself, and you're like, what is this crap? Having only watched you, it looks totally fine, honestly, oh. besides some of the really insane stuff like that scroll in, like, the third level where it takes, like, 20 seconds to move yeah, the, the camera so down. It's, it's so bad. It's so badly bad.
0: optimized. It's like, how did you guys have figure that, like, you did it just fine on the arcade. It's just a hop down. This is just like, no, we're going to stop the screen for 20 seconds and scroll up very it, slowly.
1: It's like comedic at that point, where it's just like this big, dramatic slow pan. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and all yeah, it is is like just oh, ledge. it's just it's just more stage and a ledge. Okay, and it like it like from stage four on, nearly every stage has like two or three of those. It's like, guys, come on. Mega Man was out one year before, and it kind of got the vertical scrolling
2: thing down. Come on. So, yeah, fucking... I mean, I watched you speedrun it for the charity. I thought it was like, hmm, I should try bad dudes. <laughs> oh,
1: God. You made it look so playable because that run also went, like you said, went super well. That
0: run went yeah. way better than I thought it was going to. I was just like, I was I was a ball of nerves going into it. And, and then the run just was like, hey, it's cool. I'm happening. Here's like a time that's still better than your previous PB. You're good. <laughs> Like I finished the run early enough that they were like, "Is there anything else you can show off? We're not ready to continue yet." Jeez. <laughs> I was
2: like, well, that's like the ultimate compliment on a speed running marathon.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 So hey, I did. I, so yeah, that was fun. Um, I hate you, bad dudes. You're on my list at number <laughs> nine. Uh, so yeah, John. Yeah. No, who's got reader lists?
2: Yeah, John hey, is always, John.
1: John is next.
2: John, go mm-hmm. read some reader lists. Hi, Mrs. Nate slash Xenototos. Honorable mention, near to Android Boogaloo. Um, Number three, schoolgirl zombie hunters. Cashing in on the popularity of The Walking Dead and Japanese schoolgirls, schoolgirl zombie hunter has everything. Schoolgirls, zombies, guns, cheaply made outfits that tear apart faster than my composure when John Thayer enters a room, and slightly competent subtitles. It's like our Earth Defense Force and porn had a baby, and then they put that baby in poorly made clothes. It's so bad, it's good, and I love it. That's that's the EDF
0: series as well. Um, uh, yeah. EDF is so bad it's good.
2: <laughs> Those games are so just stupid. To, Those games are stupid and fun. To, just to be clear, Nate did say my I lose my composure whenever John Fire enters a room. So I'm just so every time I'm like moving around, Nate's just like ah oh yeah. Ah. Nate <laughs> just kind of creams a little bit every time. Yeah, makes sense. I'm very very hot. Uh, number two, Sonic Mania. Sandwiched between two of the most mad games in the series, not counting Boom, comes another... I'm confused. Comes another game that cashes in on your nostalgia for childhood, dying from cancer and running fast. It's nice to see a Sonic game by a team that actually understands the mechanics of the source material, and I think Christian Whitehead is the only person I have more of a crush on than John. Also, there's Knuckles in Knuckles mode, which is great. I think I get why Red Shots went my way. <laughs> I think this I'm, I think I'm noticing ones. a yeah. pattern here. Um... Number one, Night in the Woods. Oh, I want to play this. Night in the Woods is one of the best adventure games of all time, but making an adventure game out of a slice of life leads to the ability to explore and develop characters that wouldn't normally be the main characters. Simply put, Night in the Woods is one of the best told stories in video games and executed near perfectly, and more people should give this game a chance to change their views on life, loneliness, and love, and I'll eat my hat if I'm wrong. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year's, folks. Hey y'all, I, don't, I haven't played Life at Night in the Woods yet, but I don't trust people that don't like May. I'm just going to throw that into the ether. That's fair. Um,
1: Rhett. Yes. Read list number five. I have a list that doesn't contain near Automata. Whoa. Okay, okay, okay,
2: okay. okay, okay. For... Automata?
1: Automata? So can, yeah, yeah. Oh, can we
0: invalidate this list then? <laughs> no. Yeah, this... I
1: mean, it doesn't count. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. This list comes in from Zalaz, a.k.a. Bill, usually. Yo, how's it going, Zalaz? Number number three. Chimera. Destroy all Monster Girls. This is a little free game on Steam. Yeah. An incredible, adorable game that aesthetically harkens back to small DOS and Windows freeware I used to download in the early to mid-2000s. Though a bit on the easy side, this game was a relaxing romp. It reminded me of, like, TurboGrafx-16 games.
2: Which game is this again?
1: Uh, Chimera. Destroy all Monster Girls. Gotcha. It's a little, like, free platformer on Steam. Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty, cool. I played about half of it. Are they cute monster girls? Yeah, although Yeah, you play as like a girl with like horns and like a huge monster arm and you just go around punching stuff. Mm. Uh, number number two, Zelda two, the Adventure Link. It's really fun and frustrating. But like in a fun way. Rooting past through the most troublesome areas of the game while maintaining resources was a bit irritating, but it kept not may seem but it kept me sane through a real bad time this year, and making progress always felt so self-affirming.
2: I love that game, yeah, that and is. I totally get the um, I totally get the being a bad time and just having <laughs> a game that is there for you. Yeah, like yeah. I, I had a good
0: game
1: to do that with. <laughs> <laughs> and number one, Doom. Dot dot oh, dot. Cool. 1993, the original one. Oh, okay, okay. Ooh. And then for platforms, he puts 32X and GBA. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. It, it really says something about the quality of a video game when I can play two of the jankiest ports of it available yeah. and still have a hell of a time with them. I loaded up Doom 32X as a chaser to an hour of the bafflingly vapid Duke Nukem Forever. Loaded up Doom GBA after that partially as a sleep aid, partially just because I wanted more Doom. Honestly, I did not expect to be so utterly hooked on Doom and Doomlikes for like a month after that. Just like nearly every aspect of this game works to its favor. It's so fast-paced and arcadey, yet it has really clever and intricate level design. And it felt like almost almost every moment in this game, especially the latter stages of each of the game's three episodes, was one spent on the literal edge of my computer seat. It's the most sense-stimulating game experience I've had all year, and it deserves its legendary hype.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of trouble with PC older PC games, I think, and Doom is one of the first ones, just kinda chronologically, that I'm just completely one hundred percent into, I think.
1: Yeah, it feels still feels very modern, yeah, I think. Yeah.
2: yeah. Cool. Is that the, all right, so next one is my yep. number eight? Yep. Alright. My number eight is um it's another itch game. It's called Anatomy by Kitty Horror Show. It came out last year. Um I think it got a little bit of coverage around it's basically it's a first person haunted house game it's about an hour long um hey did y'all say you like interface Mindfucks? yeah i'm, <gasps> I'm pretty into that <laughs> all right um so this game is very it's very effective at being horror i think and it does that in a really neat abstract way um basically just by Fucking with your understanding of space, not in like a antechamber sort of way, but just making you think about a space um in a really cool way. Um and there's just a couple extremely on point scare moments. Um there's a basement that you walk down into, there's a house where you op there's a a room whose door you don't open until you explore the rest of the house and then it opens. There's a
0: refrigerator um, you can open. <laughs> i think Um,
1: i've heard about this game is is the house basically the antagonist
2: basically i mean it's just you in the house
1: yeah
2: um yeah it's i played it alone in an empty office um at like seven o'clock at night (laughs) Um, that's
0: that's that's good uh that's good time to get your your power
2: on yeah so it's it's like this hour-long thing and it's perfect i think and i really liked it cool Anatomy by Kitty Horror Show. Rhett,
1: what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is a game I'm pretty sure both of you have also played. I know John just played this super recently. It's Shantae and the Pirate's Curse.
0: Yes!
1: I love this game. I love I just this game it. it's to great. bits. This game's very good. The powers are so much better than the dancing in the other games. <laughs> this game fucking gets what Shantae is supposed to be. Or could be, basically, because they went back they went to the They went back to the, the fucking boring-ass transformations for Half-Ginny It's Hero. like, this game, the powers, by the end, they combine with each other and do interesting things. You have dashes and double jumps. It's all kind of basic stuff, but it feels super good to pull off. I
0: want all you the cannonball jumps in the world!
1: You cannonball double jump, jump and then you... Go you use the hat to glide and while you're doing a dash and then you just fly. Like, there's that secret near the start of the game where you have to go, like, two miles to the left or something. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And you
0: spend the entire game trying to get to it until you eventually are properly equipped
1: to get it. You just need, like, everything. And then the whole final area really Uh, makes you use everything at once.
0: Oh, God, yeah. It's treacherous.
1: Yeah, it's it's just, (sighs) like, it's
2: so together in that sense where it just makes you think. And then the... Yeah, even the yeah, go ahead. And I
1: really like like what they did with the story stuff. Making uh, God, I almost said a different name. Uh, what's her name? Risky, risky. Kind of a main character. Yeah, risky her-
0: and Shantae <laughs> together in this game are so yeah. good. And all of the the, yes. the, the, the 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 extraneous writing as well mm-hmm. is just it's all and good.
1: It's all very oh, so very horny. It's very horny. <laughs> so thirsty.
0: It's got stink It's got hamstank in it too. It's got a hot spring got of
2: saliva. Damn. I love the it's fucking got, hot, the, the hot spring. Uh, the it. my favorite joke was the petrify spell.
1: Yeah, That's that was good. perfect. It's very good, but kind of the reason it's so high, I think, relatively on my list is that it fucking sticks the landing in an oh insane God. way. Yes, like the whole true ending sequence is oh so damn good. It's so
0: amazing.
1: It was especially cathartic for me because I played the second game in the series before this one. Yeah. And that game practically has a non-ending. It's like... That game is kind of the dark middle chapter, basically. Whiskey's Revenge, it's not very good. But, like, the ending of that game has, like... Who's the zombie girl? I mean, she loses her magic, right? Yeah, Roddy Tops is, like on the outs and like not your friend anymore. Yeah. You lose your magic. And that's the end of the second game. So like the third game, like wrapping every plot line up in this really great moment. Yeah. It's very cathartic it's, It it's made, made me cry a No, 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 no,
2: no, no, no,
1: no, The game is so good.
2: Yeah. yeah. I this one missed up being on my list too, but I fucking loved it. Like I have
0: yeah. this I have this game on my 3DS and Steam, okay? Like I, <laughs> I I just like having this game in multiple places just in case I ever want to mm-hmm. play it again.
2: Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah,
0: good job way forward. Yeah. yeah, make good games. You can make good games when you put your mind to it. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Please, Please make know. more
1: Shantae games like this one. Yeah.
0: Wink, wink wink. I don't think that's the message they're going to get though, from uh, Half-Genie Hero having been the success that it is. so Oh, really? really? Darn. Yeah. <laughs> so, Polly, what's your number eight? Number eight is a game that I played for the first time this year that I for some reason neglected to play over the years. Being a big Mortal Kombat fan um, and having never picked this game up before, Mortal Kombat Shaolin Monks surprised the hell out of me for just being this great pick-up-and-play a silly beat-em-up that takes everything that you kind of know about the Mortal Kombat universe in terms of both gameplay and story and throws them into this new kind of gameplay and makes it work in ways that you don't think would but like no there's like a combo system that functions like a Mortal Kombat combo system would there are fatalities that you can do in the middle of combat that have various bonus effects. It's just, it's a very smartly put together game that it kind of like, I feel it got overlooked just because this is a game that came out in kind of the Mortal Kombat Dark Ages where they they were kind of like in that dark middle chapter of PS2 games that nobody <laughs> yeah. really cared about. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I picked this up just because it was just like, I have not played this game and there's a copy for like three bucks. I'm gonna buy that. And then I did, and I was very, very pleasantly surprised and played through it twice.
2: Oh, that's really cool. Yeah.
0: Cool. It's, yeah. it's it's a I'm real kinda... cool game. Like, they've tried to pull Mortal Kombat into different genres in the past, and you, then you get shit like Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, which is <laughs> so bad, it's good, and then you get Mortal Kombat Special Forces, which is so bad, mm. it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's in, that game's incredibly bad. uh. But yeah, Mortal Kombat Shallon Monks, if you got any kind of love and appreciation for the, the the overall silliness that Mortal Kombat provided in the late 90s, early 2000s, you gotta fucking play this game because it's fantastic. It is a great little brawler that mm. takes you on a fun little 8-hour adventure, and you're in and out, and done. It's good shit. Mortal Kombat... Shallow modes.
2: Cool, Brad. Right. I'm really, I'm kind of interested in that era of beat 'em ups now a little more. Ah. since I played Bayonetta and really loved it, and yeah. it got me interested in kind of that history. Yeah,
1: is this more of a kind of a God of War inspired one though? It kind of like feels like yeah, that genre kind of splits on there. The Devil May Cries and then there's the Gods of War. Devil Devil May, yeah. May Cry slash
0: Bayonetta. Those kind of games are more technical, whereas God yeah. of War, God of War is more cathartic and just kind of like hmm. hey. Beat a lot of stuff up and feel real good about
1: it. And do fatalities. And like do it a, defends, a lot of like, fatalities, of yes. yes. With leaning mm. on that direction.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is very, very much like God of War.
2: Okay. Cool. That's a good yeah, good choice. Yeah. Um, reader list number six? Yep. That's yep. cool. yours. Um, Jetstorm 4 sends in one. Hey socks people, it's Tom here giving you my top three games of 2017. And there's a little question mark after the three, so you know we're in for a good time. Uh
0: Uh-oh. Number
2: three, Blaster Master Zero. It's always difficult going into remakes expecting something great. Blaster Master Zero not only smashed my expectations, it is, in my opinion, Intercreate's best game. Zero combines old and new elements integrated well into classic Blaster Master form. And I know I'll find myself playing through this again with its new content. Um, Cool, I played Blaster Master this year and enjoyed it. Um, number two, Nier Automata. Heartbreaking but satisfying. Nier Automata is the game I am most grateful for this year. If there was a more confident, holistic experience released this year, I didn't play it. Yeah. Um, number one, Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, first chapter, second, Legend of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, second chapter, and Legend of Heroes Trails to Zero. So that's three Legend of Heroes games. Jesus Christ. Masterful. Master. Quite possibly some of the best JRPGs I have ever played. From narrative flow, world building, exploration, battling, and emotional impact. Trails in the Sky succeeds from the outset all the way to the finish. It is, an, it is an experience I'm proud to have finished and hope others will find it as credible as I have. I also need to bring up Trails to Zero, the game that made me play Sky. Although playing with a fan translation, its characters and world hit at exactly the same force that Sky did for me. I am thankful for Zero and hope to see the special support section story to the end with AO and Azure one day. And an official release if the planets align correctly. I hope so too. I've, I'm a little, about halfway through Trails in the Sky first chapter and I'm really loving it. Sad this game's is cool. real
1: good. Cool. Yep. Um, Rhett. I have a user list from Dr. No. Hey. It's our rappy bucket pal. Yep. Howdy, dudes and dudettes. Here's my list for 2017. Number one, Yakuza Zero. The Yakuza series has always been consistently good, and Zero is definitely the best Yakuzas in the series. One of the best Yakuzas in the series. For those not in the know, the Yakuza series is a beat 'em up combined with some open-world elements, combined with some stuff like managing games, such as toy car racing, for example. It's this mix of elements, along with the, the dramatic story with some comedic side stories that never threaten to dull the mood of the game, surprisingly, that propel Yakuza 0 to be on my list. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but great things about that game. Yeah, yeah. 0, I pl- hope to play very soon. Cool. I already played 4 and 5, so I'm definitely on board with the series and everyone says this is like the best one yet. Cool. Yeah, because it's really cool. Yeah. Number 2, Super, Super Robot Wars 5. This long running series finally got itself an official translation from Bandai Namco in an effort to go beyond its Japanese audience. Take a whole bunch of mega series, blend their worlds, events, and other various things together to justify them all working together, and it's a recipe for maximum awesomeness. Plus, I'm glad that Bandai Namco took the risk to expand their fans overseas, which seems to have paid off since they're releasing Super Robot Wars Wars X as well. So always be a supporter of these games as long as they keep coming out.
0: I'm glad that that series is finally getting uh, some more Western love,
1: yeah. 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 And speaking of Western love, number three, Persona 5. From its very reveal, Persona Persona 5 Ooze Style. Honestly, I felt that Persona 5, in some ways, is one of the most stylish RPGs I've ever played. I also love the fact that they finally went back to having you fighting against demons instead of shadows in 3 and 4. I also did enjoy the story, but personally enjoyed the gameplay a bit more. Cool.
2: Um, is number 7? So number is me. Next one's me, right? Back to you. Yep. Hooray! All right. Um, number 7. Um... This isn't the list. This isn't the choice. Boyfriend to Death 2 came out this year, and I really enjoyed it. And I feel a little bad that we never got to talk about it on a podcast. <laughs> Dang. Um, and I didn't. I was
0: really looking I forward didn't... to talking about Boyfriend to Death 2 as well. Crap.
2: Oh, well. That's the
1: sequel. It's Near Automata and Boyfriend to Death 2 were the two sequels everyone was talking about this year. Yeah, it was
2: just all over oh. the place. I still have it as my phone background. Image from it as my phone background. It was really good, but didn't make the cut. But don't worry, I got a game that's actually more gross to talk about. Oh, good, (laughs) good. That's exactly where I was hoping you'd go with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, this was my number seven. Um, Song of Saya.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, I know this. I know this. I need to check this out. Apparently, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. You're gonna want a strong stomach going
2: in. Oh boy. (laughs) I really liked it. Is really good. It's again, it's again, um visual novel that he wrote before going on to write shows like um, uh, Fate Zero, um, Psychopath, Psychopath of the Magica, Magica, yeah. some of my favorite shows. Um, and if you ever didn't really understand where people were coming from, where you said, where people were talking about like gender stuff and issues and those shows, you can just play this and it's like a keystone to all of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <You> know, right? <laughs> oh,
1: it's no. all laid bare right here. But, but you like it, oh, oh I in love spite it. of that okay, yeah I, I think it's, that it's
2: it's you kind of gotta take the good and the bad here, yes, um it's um it's I'm just gonna it's this is kind of a spoiler, um, but it kind of gets i think it says a lot about Urobuchi and what makes his stories compelling, so I'm just gonna say it if that's okay, go for it, sure. Cool. Um, Gendo Ibuchi wrote a love story where the power of love destroys the world. That's kind of my jam. <laughs> it's extremely good. He wrote a love story with Lavos as one of the love interests, uh. <laughs> and succeed, and Lavos succeeds because of the power of love. Without it, she would have failed. So, it's like the anti. It's the anti Sailor Moon, <laughs> and it's extremely Uribuchi and it's extremely effective. And I kind of really, really love the idea of romance between of, of like a really good and cathartic romance between two evil people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially when they're pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> I was just cackling for a chunk of for a good chunk of this game because they're so evil. <laughs> yeah, it's unabashedly
0: evil. It's yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I, I hate that. I cannot laugh. Because if I laugh, I will throw myself
2: into a coughing fit. <laughs> so this is um, the worst two... fucking feeling. There's two extremely gross parts. The second one was so over the top that it just made me, like, cackle. And I enjoyed it. The first one was very, very bad. Um, and also, Saya's design it looks like a 12-year-old, which is extremely bad. Yeah. But it's okay. She's not actually 12. She's like, an extra-dimensional monster who's about a year old. Wait. <laughs> um so Saga Sai is really gross. Um it's yeah. also a, an Aribuchi story, and a, he's a good writer, so take the good with the bad. I I'm
1: really glad I played it. Brett number seven. So I didn't immediately realize this was going to be a trend going into my list, but this is another game you've both played. Okay. Alright. Last but Polly asked me to play this, like, a decade ago or something. Oh, and then, God, la- yeah. and, th- and then last year, John said this was the best video game they played all year. Um, oh. My number seven is Ghost Trick Phantom Detective. Oh. This game, top to bottom, perfect. So. So good. I had a realization at the start of the year that I was like, I should just play what I think is the best game I haven't played. And that led me to finally playing this after sitting on it for a, a billion decade. years. A decade, yeah, roughly a decade. Well,
0: I think wait, it, it came out crazy. in 2011. I want to say. I want
1: to say. Yeah, it so. wasn't actually that long, it but it wasn't really a DS game. But it was fucking it, forever ago. It was fucking forever. I'm sorry for waiting so long. And this game is very good. It has Did you cry a bunch great music, great characters. I love I love the animation how it, like the kind of pixelated rotoscope stuff. It's very rotoscopy. It reminds me of uh EG's style where it's like
0: yeah. 3D models but they're actually uh but they're actually 2D
1: animated. Like I don't know if how it's on the phone but on the DS version you get them chunky pixels and it looks really oh, cool. Oh yeah, it
2: looks real good.
1: Awesome. And awesome. then the ending hour or so. The made me cry.
0: <laughs> Holy crap! It's so fucking amazing. The final reveals of that game. It just. just
1: it ends and then it ends and then, and then it wraps itself up and then it's like, wait, one more thing. Boom. That God. last one more thing. But one more. <laughs>
2: I got one more. I kept thinking I was gonna outsmart it and then not. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was me the whole time that I was playing it the first time. I was like, I know where this is going. Okay, Okay. you got me again. Okay, but I know what you're doing from here. Now that
1: okay, fuck you, video game. I give up. (laughs) And like, I like Uh, how they keep kind of introducing new wrinkles to the puzzle mechanics as you get in. Like when you get the dog to help you, and like he has his own kind of set of ghost abilities.
0: And that's the thing that I like about that game is that you don't feel like you're only playing the the puzzle bits. Mm-hmm. to get to the story bits. You're not rushing to just get the puzzle stuff out of the way because that stuff is
1: yeah. really engaging and fun too. Yeah. One of the last ones with like the raising water was a really good kinda combination of story and yes. puzzle at the same time. Definitely. So Could Polly, be. so that's it for me on that. Polly, what's your number seven? My number seven.
0: Somebody's making their way. Back to our countdown, once again! I don't, I don't think that there's been a year that this fella has has not been on our countdown. Welcome back, Shovel Knight. Specter of Torment. <laughs> really? Yes, I like Specter yeah. of Torment, and I realized that I like Specter of Torment a lot when I realized I 100%ed that game and then went back and beat it on hard.
2: Oh, wow. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah I guess I really fucking like that game a lot. Uh, The mechanics of uh, Specter Knight are a little more bare bones in comparison to what we got with Plague of Shadows. Uh, And I didn't think the story was as good as Plague of Shadows, but uh, I like what they did with a lot of the level design uh, to kind of compensate for the the, the new way that you have to play the game. Like, this is probably the most they've reworked uh, a lot of the main stages, from the original game, like, and there's a lot of new remixes, uh, of music as well, uh, and I think this is just, like, again, more solid fucking work from Yacht Club, who continues supporting this game, and there's still, like, a bit more to go next year, so Shovel Knight has the chance to appear on our countdown (laughs) again!
1: Four years in a row.
0: Um, but yeah, like, I, I, I was thinking about you know my list and what I had played this year, and it was just like, and I was looking back over my Steam list, and I was like, H- wait, holy shit! I played through this game, I one hundred percented it, and then I went and did it on New Game Plus. So
2: yeah, I had to have liked
0: crazy. this thing a lot, and yeah, like, even though it's 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 not the 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 same, it didn't have the same kind of impact that uh, Plague of Shadows does. I think Specter of Torment is still a worthy. Uh, addition to the Shovel Knight canon. Awesome.
2: Cool.
1: Hey John. Awesome. yeah, John, you need to play Plague of Shadows, please.
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking please play Plague of Shadows. <laughs> I know I'm gonna like it. Uh, I think I'm gonna get it if I get a. I'm gonna get a switch soon. I'll probably just grab cool. the whole the treasure trove on there. Yeah. Good call. Good, very accessible. Um. So next one is me doing a reader list. Yep. Number eight. Um. D A H N. Don, nineteen eighty nine says, "Hello, dear members of the Sox Cast and John." Well, wait a minute. I would <laughs> ah! like to add. I would like to add. Brett, I see a see a trend here. Um, <laughs> I would like to add a small list of my own in Grand Sox Cast tradition. Number three, Ease Origin on PS Four. This is the game that made me fall in love with the series all over again. Fast-paced and satisfying combat, even the grinding is fast. Awesome bosses and likable characters really draw you into the game. And there's a female main character that is not only allowed to be fully dressed, but is defined by her raw physical strength.
0: She's a brute force powerhouse. I love <sighs> her to death. Unica is fantastic.
2: Number two, Sonic Forces for the PS4. Whoa! It's short, flawed but, flawed, but fun. Fast loading times keep you going. Small levels never stay their weapon they're welcome bosses never feel boring or broken like the excuse the language freaking time eater in Sonic whoa. generations whoa they didn't say they didn't say, that was editorialization they didn't say freaking <laughs> message the story is dumb but full of quotable lines it doesn't take itself too seriously and av- and the avatar not only shows up in the cutscenes but also in some nice level set pieces so you actually get to see your own design in action finally the time challenges are hard but very much Doable and I had to a blast to slowly finish them all over the course of two weeks getting some new clothes for the avatar for every single one That is certainly completed was certainly nice too number one Mario Odyssey for the switch Nintendo has finally done it. They have finally created a game that feels like a worthy successor to Super Mario 64 and updates the formula to a more compact version of open-world games. It looks great, it plays great, and it's full of personality. Like Paulina having dance moves that are inspired by her animation in the original Donkey Kong. Also, they found the one idea that Mario hasn't done yet. Possessing his enemies. Creepy, but fun. Finally, I wish a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all members of the Sockcast. Keep going. I've enjoyed your your podcast since the very first episode. Our Dang biggest fan.
0: Yeah. Our biggest fan. And what was up with <laughs> that reading voice for that particular yeah, well, list? What was that? Become...
2: What the fuck were you trying to put on there? I was <laughs> you know, just doing the, just felt like giving our ASMR listeners
1: kind of Welcome a moment. Welcome to the ASMR Socks cast.
0: Don, if you're, if you're upset with how John has has portrayed you, <laughs> email me and I'll fire him on the air for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rhett, read a list number nine. I have a list from Freezing Inferno. I know yeah, that guy. Know this guy. He he beat Battletoads one time. He plays easy games. He plays easy baby games. easy games. He's the easy game eater. Yeah. yeah. Here's a bunch of easy games for babies. Yep. Uh num- number three, Shantae, half genie hero. Ooh. This one's snuck in at the end of the list to be something that really resonated me. Enough to get me pl- enough to get me to play all but one of the games in the series this year. It's one of those it's this one that I found myself going back to over the year, with hard mode and the risky DLC coming out. Bright and fun enough of an action platformer to keep my interest on and off for a year. So, a bronze medal for it. Number oh, two, Pre- Persona Four Golden. This easily could have been my game of the year, but second place is fine for it. I'll just say that I loved every everything about it. The battles were nice and engaging, and it's ex- and I'm sorry, I'm so bad at reading. Yes, you are. <laughs> and- You're fucking terrible at this.
0: Why do we let you do this
1: every year? We let you do this every year, and this is what happens. Uh, I I don't read them like John, at least.
0: That's a good point.
1: And it's it's an experience and world that will stay with me for years to come. Plus, it kept me sane for a few days when my internet was out, so I'm thankful for that That as Persona 4 Golden. Number one, we have a new contender here. Uh Uh-oh. Danganronpa V3 Killing Harmony. Hey! Holy shit! It's easy to judge this game, but on its climax alone. But the journey is just as just as affecting, with lovable characters and shocking twists and murders. I dare not spoil the shocker present in this game's final act. But the inherent message and themes with the creators were trying to express really resonated with me as a creator myself. If this were the finale to the series, I'd be satisfied with this conclusion. It's something that will stick with me and I could discuss for hours with folks. And it was one hell of a ride from start to finish. An easy pick for game of the year. I I, I totally
0: endorse that pick. Uh, yeah, that game is pretty fucking good. Also, uh, a yeah. spoiler cast. They're happening next year, so... yeah, uh, yeah. Get, ready. Get ready! Get ready. Hey, want to hear my number six? Sure. Yep. Let's go. Last entry of the day, John. You've got to make it a fucking barn burner. Let's go. Get these all people right. hype. Come on.
2: Are y'all ready to be hype? Yes. All ready. We're re- we're ready, John. Fires. All right. All right. Because this one's a, this one's a real barn burner, like you said. <laughs> all right. Uh, this is this is um one of my only um dual entries. Um, it's howling dogs and with those we love alive. Um, Hooray! By a game everybody's heard of. Yay! <laughs> all
0: right,
2: these you know I gotta just... fuck with you, John. I love you to death. Oh, no, no, it's, it's okay. I think after um, I think I'm looking at my list. and I'm like, okay, after this one, it's all it's stuff y'all have heard of
1: or have oh, okay. played. Okay.
2: Um, so these are two text games by um, Porpentine, uh, um, that I play again. I played them at the beginning of the year before Wirewood Daughters. Um, and a big part of what made Wirewood Daughters resonate with me was that the mode of storytelling kind of reminded me of these. Um, but these are text games that just burrowed into my soul and didn't leave. Um, they are both... They. I'm putting them together because they're basically the same story. Um, they are about being trapped in a horrible situation um, that is completely inexplicable and you are lost and you don't have most of the don't really have a lot of context or information to explain the situation that you're in. Um, and it just, these are, they're, they're text games and they're just all about the language um, and how Porpentine just uses like very light interactive elements Um these aren't really games that you read linearly. They use the twine format in a really cool way, I think. Right. Um, without necessarily being like branching either, um, and the language of them is just so fucking powerful. Um, fuck, I need to I need to fucking bring up my uh, list here. <laughs> here, y'all, y'all talk about something. I I really need to just read like a quote to a couple quotes to really. Make this land home.
1: I think. Okay. Rhett, Let's talk about your dick for a few minutes. Oh, okay. I thought I was going to talk about my number six, but what do you want to know? Uh, is is your dick your number six? No. I thought you said it was like six and a half. Oh, that way. Yeah, I guess it is actually. that. <laughs> I was. Nice, nice. Jesus do you, Christ. Do do.
0: So, you, do you jack off with one hand or both? <laughs>
1: Just my right hand.
0: Just just your right hand? Don't you ever, like, use your left hand since that's your weaker hand and it might feel like somebody else is doing it? No. I'm very... Once I find the way to do it... Have you ever I'm, sat on your hand and then let it
1: go numb and then given yourself a stranger? What? <laughs> I, I did wake up the other day with my left hand, like, literally completely numb and I couldn't feel it, but... If you jack off of... that way, I'm... it'll feel right, like somebody there's... else is doing it. Oh my god. There's a new idea for you. <laughs> okay. You I'm can sure.
0: work that in with I'm the fair. coconut oil. Now that way. we've ruined
1: John's number six... With this no, John told already. us to talk about things I'm... while John no, I've, I've got I've their, had their had thoughts
2: together. I didn't want to interrupt, but I got it up.
1: <laughs> ja-
0: Red just... got it up, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Boom! I'm on fire tonight, folks! So is your throat. Yes, it is. Um, they prepare you for the day you shall be assassinated by draping your body in red streamers and arranging you aesthetically across carpets and divans. You are instructed in the art of dying in the proper light. Well, noticing a trend
0: in the <laughs> games our lovely baby John Thayer likes to pick. Noticing a pattern, noticing
2: some thematic consistency. Here's one more. Here's one from more from Howling Dogs. Her smile is tearing her apart, teeth brimming off the edge of her face, and her eyes are multiplying and spilling free from fountaining marbles through the holes in her. And then there's a well. There's a symbol that makes sense in context. Um, I'm going to make you sleep forever. And then there's a lot of flowery language, which throughout the whole story. And then every now and then there'll be a line like, "She stabs the dagger into your leg. You slide to the floor, and it lands like a fucking train because it's everything because of the rest of the con- the contrast with the rest of the flowery language." Ooh, huh.
1: are these by the same author?
2: Yes. These. This is one game. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. God. Um, yeah, these are these are all very good. Um. The princess spores have burst from the entra from the Empress. Everyone is running around laughing and crushing the spores as they drift to the ground. Um, that's from with us we love alive. Um these are really beautiful games and they ha- end with very strong catharses and they do so in a way that like it made me kind of think hard about how I think about stories because they don't they leave a lot of things unsaid and I kind of shoot for clarity in right. my storytelling, but these just punched me in the gut, and I really, really, really love them.
1: Rhett! What's your number six? Got a, got a showstopper to stop uh, to follow that one up, Rhett? Ugh. Well, my number six is a game that Polly hasn't played, at least. Uh-oh. But John has. Oh, shit. My number six is Final Fantasy fifteen.
2: Aww. This is so, a good
1: game. It's a good game, and it's weird because this is the one I played the longest ago. I actually, like, played this around last Christmas and I kind of felt like it was after we'd recorded a game of the year. So I'm like, well, I'll kick this one over the next year. And then I'm like, you know, this was one of the t- best games I played, but also like, I kind of don't remember it a whole lot. Have you played any
0: of the like bonus episodes or uh, the, the online no, stuff I they're
1: doing? I haven't touched this game like since January. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like straight up the episode stuff sounds fantastic. It does sound really cool. they, Those episodes do sound pretty short, though. I do want more time with the hot boys. They're (laughs) very good boys. This This game also has very good girls as well, even though you only get to spend like 20 minutes with them. No, they don't, actually. That's the weird thing is that it doesn't have good girls, Rhett. I like
0: the fact that there's a girl that
1: reminds me a lot of Lightning. I haven't played the game yet. She should be in it a lot more. There was like a glitch to get her to join your party. Oh, nice. As a... (laughs) But, like, you couldn't progress the story, I think, or something like that. Because she joins you for, like, one dungeon, and there's a way to, like, glitch it out so that she won't leave at the end. Yeah. But, like, the game does weird stuff like that. Like, there's a side character, Iris, who joins you for, like, literally a driving segment. Oh. Like, if you just play the game normally... She'll be gone within, like, five minutes. But for me, I'm like, I'm going to park the car, and I'm just going to walk everywhere. And when you ride a chocobo, she she has, like, a custom pink chocobo. And then <laughs> when you get into fights, she has, like, custom Moogle attack animations where she whacks enemies with a doll. And it's just like, why is this in the game if, like, 90% of people aren't even going to see this? Yeah, that's pretty it's incredible. It's very strange. Hey, Red, I'm sorry for stomping all over you. It's I'm fine.
2: Like okay. <laughs> Anna Anna saw the pink chocobo and like ran out of the room like
1: it's, it's so ridiculous. i mean you it? you can dye your own chocobos too it's just it's funny that everyone by default has a yellow one, of course, and then hers is just neon pink <laughs> <laughs> so basically the two things that have kind of stuck with me throughout the year is that the relationships between the characters, the main boys, are very good, like the way. They kind of grow and develop over the course of the game. And, yeah, like, I think it was the dub is extremely good. good. Hmm? Chapter 10 was the really good one, right? With the Marlboro? Like, that wasn't what made oh, it good. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Uh, for, like, for throwing kind of a wrench into how things are working at that and Like, you, how they deal with adversity and shit not going right all the time. Like, I really like the whole linear section of this game at the end. Like, when kind of... Mm-hmm. It basically goes on a train, literally. And then right to the end and mm-hmm. boy like as much as people bitch about the story in this game boy does it land the ending like it's really a effective. crazy way like the last hour is like incredible <laughs> and then there's it's... that go ahead no i want to hear what you had to say
2: it's like i played final fantasy 8 not too long before this so like i was amazed at how well it tied up everything like it actually mm. felt like they finished the story, which blew my mind.
1: Yeah. It's like it's weird, because it's kind of like the middle parts of the story might be missing, but the ending is all there.
2: Yeah.
1: And the beginning is there, and it's very good. Yeah, They just kind of... Like, it kind of suffers from open-world diss, I think, where, like, it's kind of spread out, and then, like, over the course of the year, they've been adding in story scenes that were... Maybe should have been there to begin with. It's all very strange, like Chapter Thirteen, especially. Yeah, they've but heavily modified Chapter Thirteen, to my knowledge. Yeah, yeah. which I don't know, which I don't know about. I like
2: the care, like the character um, that they apparently added a bunch of content to. Like I thought his resolution was fine. So yeah, it's they introduced a separate That game is super weird. Kind of quietly is dispatched. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. That game is super weird the way it's, like, evolving and, like, there's a whole multiplayer thing now as well that Ashley played and talked about a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, the whole episodes. And, like, they're doing, like, a second season pass now, I think. Yeah, like, this is, like, the Final Fantasy
0: that is quite literally maybe the Final Fantasy. Like, this is all the fantasy we need now.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's so weird that this has a multiplayer thing when Final Fantasy 14 exists and does well. Like, It's... it's, it's very strange and mm-hmm. like the 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 online
0: stuff for 15 sounds pretty all right and yeah, it sounds like
1: they actually did a good job with it though mm-hmm. but, but this like, is a game that i'm very excited to get to uh sometimes it's a character. very int- it's a very polarizing game i think like yeah. i know some hate this game they hate the oh, combat yeah. they hate the characters but for me it just all worked and like the ending is extremely good and like i'm not sure if it's right before the credits or after the credits like there's one campfire scene that is very good Yeah, I I used talking about
2: it. Yeah, that was my moment where it's like, oh, and now that's the end of the game, and then it wasn't quite. (laughs) But yeah, I think they, like, I think there's um, kind of a macho bent thematically to it, kind of a macho savior bent thematically to it that I was originally a little put off by, but I think that if you can kind of deal with that, it's still like a really. Affecting and together story, even in spite of like the game parts are really clusterfucky and like obviously <laughs> there is some kind of there is so, something broke in during production. Yeah, oh, definitely. To, like together, but they made the story function and work, and it yeah made me feel things. So I feel like that that like that kudos for that. That's very important. Yeah, the fact that this cool. game
1: exists is kind of incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm the whole nonsense with verses and like oh, the fact God. That, that intro yeah. like the intro of verses got spun off into a movie that's separate from this kind of Yeah. it's very all very strange yeah it's amazing it's... i think it's amazing it turned out as good as it did all things considered yeah yeah, yeah
2: exactly. exactly
1: and it's su- it's super interesting from a game design perspective is just like man what a weird like hodgepodge of conflicting things that work somehow yeah yeah, yeah. and like it's it's super chill just putting your destination into the car and just letting it drive for you while you listen to classic Final Fantasy music.
2: Mm. Like
1: you kind of have to treat the first game as like a leisurely road trip I think to really kind of get into the mood of this. Yeah. Like you can't mm. just kind of rush through it. Yeah, I mean I love that part of it,
2: the chillness. The yeah. It chill, it it's like the chillest Final Fantasy and then it turns into Sonic Adventure 2 and both are basically good.
1: Yeah. Um, I think um, that it doesn't make any really sense works. but it but it works, so. What else? Oh, I think I think it turns more into Sonic Adventure One, giving a certain boss fight <laughs> in the water. I think there's a lot of Sonic Adventure moments. Yeah. The, son- the spirit of it felt too. Whatever. <laughs> For this game, you kind of have to be accepting that some boss fights just kind of don't actually work right, but they're really trying. They're they're it's giving that's it, that's it their all. Sonic
2: Adventure.
1: <laughs> it's all right. so weird in like a big production game to be like, hmm, this. This isn't really working as you guys intended it, but it's still fun. God. So, Polly, Polly, what's your number six?
0: And how's that for a quick, seamless, easy, completely unnoticeable edit? Yes, I'm patching uh, my entry for number six in after the fact because, as you can tell, during uh, the recording of this particular episode... I was in some bad shape. My sinuses were a train wreck. My throat was on fucking fire. And I kind of rushed through it. I I didn't really... I, I don't think that I got the point across uh, about the game that I chose to pick for this. So, in uh, janky-ass Soxcast fashion, I'm going to kind of go over it real quickly here in a solo edit to... Uh, you know, to kind of get the point across. Hopefully a little better than I did. Uh, I still sound like ass, but not as monumental ass as I did yesterday. So my number six is Toho Sojinengi, The Genius of Seferos. This is a game that I liked so much, I ended up playing the introduction to it twice, the the opening four or five hours, which... It's not that I liked it so much the first time I played it. I got really angry, deleted my file and everything associated with the game. Uh, And then I came back to it a few hours later and just fucking did it again. Uh, This is a very, very difficult uh, Toho RPG. Uh, It's a doujin game, obviously. It's not an official uh, release from Zune or anything. And it's got a lot in common uh, sort of in the same spirit of Labyrinth of Toho in that there's just, like, a lot of dungeon to cover. This game is basically all dungeons with, you know, various puzzles, but mostly just a shitload of very difficult encounters uh, on your way toward very, very, very difficult bosses that you're going to bang your head against for probably a little while if you're playing this game without a guide like I did. Um took me around 75 to 80 hours to finish. Um... But it's got a lot of cool character customization stuff, and and it's sort of very similar to Labyrinth of Toho 2 in that you can sort of respec your character's skill points at any time. Um, it's also got a lot in common with uh, some of the earlier uh, Saga games in that like the, you're you've got a lot of battle formations that you can use to kind of uh, turn the tide of battle because each formation has its advantages and disadvantages for the front, middle, and back rows. So there's just a whole lot of strategy involved in this game and uh, even though I only played it through once, it sort of feels like you would be able to play this game and kind of maybe play it uh, with the characters that you like and probably be able to eke out a victory though i feel it's a little more uh restrictive since the cast is much smaller you've only got 12 characters uh this time around um and they're just as specialized as they are in the labyrinth of toho games um And some of the bosses really definitely do seem at times where I was like, no, you definitely need to have X character who has X ability here, or you're basically just going to get pummeled. Um, and I really just love the ramp up the end of this game has. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculously difficult. Um, and it's, it's just a, a lot of really solid RPG mechanics, um, that all come together really well. Um. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's also got a fantastic art style. It's very 16-bit, um, really nice sprite work. A lot of cute animations, uh, for characters during the story and in battle and, and, and things like that. It's got a really good, um, story, uh, with lots of witty dialogue. And I don't think that it really panders a lot to sort of, like, I guess, Toho fandom memes or anything like that, um... It's just a really solid uh, and well put together another one of these. So, um, I still think Labyrinth of Toho 2 is a much, much better game, but you're not going to do bad with The Genius of Seferos. Um, you might have to give it a few hours to grab you uh, because it, I, I think the initial difficulty can be a bit off putting, but um, it's just really solid. So, that is my number six Toho Sojinengi. The genius of Seferos. And now back to awful sounding, sniffly Polly to finish out the rest of the episode.
2: Um, reader list number 10 is Mike Yarum's <coughs> Stellaris. Command your fleet of science vessels to study the ruins orbiting an alien sun. Or create a robot army to crush your hairless, ape-like enemies. It's RTS in space with an actually elegant diplomacy system. And a refreshingly simple, yet involved resources system. Would recommend to any fan of long-term strategy. Stellaris. Um, what's this one? Um, her Lullaby. Yeah, yeah, this is a pop-out, ass-kissing opportunity. That said, this game came out right around the time there was a death in my family, and it turns out this grim, dark visual novel was the catharsis I needed without knowing it at the time. It strikes me as a game about how life sucks and how we hurt the people around us by pure accident, but sometimes in cold, cold blood. Great writing, inspired artwork, emotionally moving music. It's a great example of the the talents of its designers and the gold that this community makes together. I didn't read that one before reading it. (laughs) That was very nice. Um, Yeah. Thanks, Rhett. And thanks, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, (laughs) Thanks, Rhett, for playing that one my way. And thanks, Mike, for writing that. It was really sweet. Um, Hustle Cat and another visual novel. You will either love or hate this game based on whether or not you want to date someone who can shapeshift into a house cat. Overall, the, that's the that's a very good <laughs> premise. Overall, the visuals are cute and the writing is fun. It does fall short in ways. If you'd like something approaching novel length or with labyrinthine choice trees, look elsewhere. But if you like anime and cats, you're in for a treat.
0: That's I a like solid anime.
1: list. I
2: yeah, approve
1: that good list. list, Mike. Thank you. Right. number eleven. Okay, to close I out. This is closing
2: out the podcast, right?
1: Yep. To close out the first day, we have. Chelsea's Falcom of the Year 2017. <laughs> I wonder where this list is going to go. No, whoever wins. Falcom wins. And <laughs> Falcom loses, so it's really... <laughs> oh <nobody laughs> yeah, wins <either>. it's... <laughs> mm. Nobody wins with Falcom. <laughs> well, there's two Falcons in Neptunia, so one yeah, has to win. One has to win. Number three. The Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel 2. Yet another solid entry into the Legend of Heroes franchise that features an interesting political wartime drama and a cast of characters that you'll grow attached to immediately. The plot may have one or two shortcomings, but the focus on character development and some some tense, challenging bosses more than make up for it. After 160 hours spent in the first game and this one combined, I missed the cast like they were my own close group of friends. Something that those, (laughs) those games are really good at making you feel. Yeah.
0: That's
1: really nice. Number two, Ys Eight: Lacrimosa of Dana. Wow, I thought that would be number one. And and I'm shocked to see this at number two because she has gone so hard on this game. Yeah. Like getting the platinum and stuff. Yeah. What do you get when you combine fast-paced gameplay, incredible storytelling, and a rewarding focus on exploration? The revival of the Ys franchise, that's what. This game is a beautiful fusion of the gameplay you all know and expect from the E-series, combined with a great plot and character, de- character development more akin to the, Le- to the Legend of Heroes series, all set in a world that's a blast to explore, even if the localization left a lot to be desired. I can't seem to put it down, so it's easy to become my first platinum trophy. It's like I'm being sucked into a big hole. A big, Archaeozoic hole. Yeah. <laughs> And number one, the Legend of Heroes: Trails in the Sky, the third. Yo, damn. Over six years ago, I discovered an amazing RPG that wowed me with its world building, world building and character de- character development, and left me the most vicious clip, left me on the most vicious cliffhanger ever, with no promise that I would ever get to see it through. Fast forward this past summer, and I finally got to see the credits roll on the last game of the trilogy, crying because I got to finish the most amazing trilogy I've ever played. The main characters of this game also taught me so many things about myself that have kept buried for years throughout ex- through experiencing this, this story, and emotions I'm finally confronting that are actively changing me for the better. Yo.
2: That's and some really
1: nice. honorable mentions that are not Falcom games, Tales of Berseria and Dust in Elysian Tale. Solid. But I, I think Dust also kind of is almost a Falcom game in spirit. Yeah, it's
0: very, very modeled on the same kind of...
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I can see why that game
2: clicked with her. Cool. I have Dust on my phone now. I'm excited <laughs> to play it. All right, so that's the podcast. So that
0: is day one. That's day one. And I'm not going to do the thing where we say our list again, because fuck it, I'm tired of talking and I need to go blow my nose. So tune in in the day after tomorrow, where you'll get to hear the top five entries for Games of the Year and the final 800 listener lists. (laughs) We are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you.